Carlos Mencia, <laughs> the gay awesome. man. I would love to see Carlos Mencia on Queer Eye. <laughs> <laughs> he's stealing. He's stealing Jonathan Van Ness's material. <laughs> okay. Why play. is Mario all- Party Nine worse than Mario Party Eight? I don't think I'll ever get over this. <laughs> everybody welcome again to the late late capitalism show fastest content swearing warning ever because we're going to talk about something in a second that will require us to swear we're going to swear we're going to say rude things we're going to carry on and prattle on uh real quick though rush limbaugh's dead rotten hell motherfucker i fucking hate you okay chance <laughs> uh hey i'm chance uh i am not rush limbo and no, you're alive he, he's also he, he pioneered am radio okay <laughs> Somehow or Many whatever. Somebody said that. I don't know. I read. I read a hot take. There's always some hot takes as as people pass away. And one of them was he was a pioneer of AM radio. Yes. And I thought that was Tesla or Alexander Graham Bell or something. <laughs> yeah, he invented AM radio. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, he was just like a big syndicated talk show piece of shit. Dean, folks. Uh, hi, I'm Dean. I abhor uh, Jesse's profanity. Rush Limbaugh, although I did not agree with his politics, deserves uh, respect as a dead person. As, <laughs> as you know, we respect every person who has ever died on this show. I hate um, that bullshit. Like, you know, even if there, there are disagreements, even if, like, for example, he thinks black people are redacted and I don't, that doesn't mean that we get to say mean things. That doesn't mean that we get to say that he rots in hell. Uh, Because we got to think about, like, his family and how they're grieving. All of his many children (laughs) uh, are... Funny thing about that. Wait, what? Sorry? Uh, (laughs) So Rush Limbaugh had four wives and zero children, meaning his bloodline has officially ended. Oh, in that case, fuck him. (laughs) Boy boy didn't have any swimmers. Megan, what's up? Uh, Yeah, I'm Megan, and I agree. He's dead now, and that's good. Dean, I'm (laughs) glad you jumped the gun on your denunciation of me, because I'm not nearly done. (laughs) I actually have... is breaking information. We're the first podcast to break this. I actually know how Rush Limbaugh died. They want you to believe it was complications from lung cancer, which he announced right, last year. Right, because he smoked his whole life. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Big fan of cigars. He was on the cover of Cigar Magazine. It said, Rush, mm. with exclamation points. So here's how he died. Oh. Rush, when reaching for one of his famous cigars... Was it accidentally one of the explosive ones that got the three <laughs> wise men? Almost. So there was the exploding one they used to try and kill Castro. Yeah. It was his regular cigar. And the next that was the toilet. And he reached into the toilet and he oh pulled no. out a big turd. And he put it in his mouth. And when he went to light it and suck on it, it got oh stuck no. in his throat. Rush Limbaugh, dead at 70, choked to death on a turd. When I told my friend, shout out to my homie Kate, yeah. we talk about Rush Limbaugh dying probably two or three weeks ago. And she said to me, you know, when he dies, I'm going to nut. Mm-hmm. And at I want to say 11.30 a.m. this morning. I sent that message. Rush Limbaugh is dead. Yeah. And let me tell you, that's the first time I've ever made a woman nut. (laughs) Hot damn. Hot damn, baby. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. And all it took was eating a turd. That's right. So 
Rush Limbaugh, one of media's true pioneers and one of Satan's new favorite toilets. Uh, I think it is admirable that in his death, his grave will be used as, fittingly enough, the world's largest common toilet. I'll oh. be dropping poo-poos, uh, pee-pees, and cc's. That's what I call cum. Uh, all <laughs> over his grave. <laughs> it's it's going to look like one of those toaster strudels. <laughs> it's going to look like the cover of Load. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Shout out. I'm sure he loved middle 90s period Metallica. And Sorry now for the I'm deep sure cut, everybody. The worms love feasting on his large, fetid, disgusting fucking corpse. Can yeah. we talk about this, though? Can we please, in 2021, make dead people not off limits anymore? Oh, absolutely. People immediately are just like, please, we need to. And then, like, when it's someone they don't like, they, like, jump on it, and then everyone calls them a hypocrite. We should just hate all dead people. Yeah. Fuck them. If Do you die, I'm me. ripping you apart. Well, that's the thing, because dead people are that's the easiest Trump's target. That's Trump's opinion. <laughs> yeah. you die, like, you're a loser. What are you yeah, that's right. And he's right to think <laughs> yeah. on that one? Let me tell you, I will apologize for what I've said about Rush if he personally asked me. If he comes to the studio right now and <laughs> yeah. says it, I'll apologize. <laughs> if he personally cancels you. Oh, that'd be so sick. <laughs> I'm going to be canceled by the uh, widow, uh, well, one of four widows, I assume, of Rush Limbaugh. For me, if even one Rush Limbaugh fan celebrates the day that I die, I'm counting that as a massive victory. You're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if I've caused anyone who even mildly appreciated Limbaugh's work, that's that's a massive, massive W, and I, yeah, I, just, I cherish every day that I make your life worse. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Much like he made many other people's lives worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm waiting for people to do like a big round of applause as they lower me into my grave. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I know I've won. That's how I know I've owned the libs. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of A, owning the libs, and B, living in the world that Rush Limbaugh created, mm. I, Jesse, I know that you came across some uh, interesting polls for 2024. Uh, we are uh, the first podcast to be talking about the 2024 presidential election. That's right. Oh, my it's God. Never That's right. We're <laughs> election Watch starts right now. I hope you leave your Christmas lights up all year. This is the <laughs> political equivalent of that. So, Trump, as I'm going to say, literally no one was surprised to know uh was not um, officially impeached so they they impeached him in name but he was acquitted of all charges for his role in the capital riots we're going to talk about the capital riots just briefly a little bit later on as well Mm -hmm. relates to another wonderful character we're going to discuss today but now that he has been acquitted it means he's actually eligible to run again in 2024 which he has in the past declared that he wants to do Mm -hmm. so if trump weren't to be able to run. So say he was charged and then made ineligible to run for president. That was about 51% of the GOP ballot that was going to be up for grabs. Currently Trump has no 54% support. That's right. For the 2024 GOP primaries. Who's next? Like 12%, 12% Mike Pence. Mike Pence. (laughs) I can see that. 6% Nikki Haley, which is a name that probably won't mean anything to most people listening. She was like, she discovered the comet. Yeah, that's right. They named it after her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She got points for being like a principled Republican in Trump's White House, which is hilarious. Uh, 5% Donald Trump Jr. Oh, I, I wish we're like we're we're not that lucky. What but. what I want to know is who's supporting Donald Trump Jr. over Donald Trump? Yeah, <laughs> like what subsection is doing? I that? think it's just bot accounts or that, that he's purchased. It's this weird like Gen Z like they want a young face in the house, so they want to get Trump out, so they go for Don Jr. It could be yeah, the young face of Don Jr. <laughs> who's bringing up the rear with four percent in fourth place? Or sorry, last place. Ted Obama. Cruz, ah, damn. Oh. Who spent his time? He got a mullet. 
That's right. He yeah. had really hideous. He's mind. looking like a, a mentally ill bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Ella Emma off now. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so he spent all this time caping for Trump, trying to peel off whatever support he could from him. Now that Trump's in it, 4%, Ted Cruz. 4%. Yeah. What, what a winner. You know, what a winner. That's Mike what you Pence get for sucking the dick. Would be horrifying. I feel like Mike Pence is the worst option of all those. Honestly, it's probably pretty. He's close. a straight up psycho and has the most insane policies of all time. He wrote a scathing diatribe about Mulan in the year two thousand. I know, like <laughs> people bring up The Handmaid's Tale all the time, mm. but he's actually for real. It would happen if, it, <laughs> if he, he was. Is, he's the handmaid. He doesn't have the charisma. It's just not going to happen. It's true. He does have the tail, though. Wow. Hey, My man's sitting on a fucking beanbag back there. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually not. He's yeah. built like a board. It's actually kind of impressive. I was going to say he's got that Hank Hill ass. Okay. As someone who is afflicted with Hank Hill ass, mm-hmm. being me, please do not, only I may speak of <laughs> Hank Hill ass, do not trivialize my the lived H experience. Word. That's right. <laughs> the H-A-S-S. So that was my quick thing. We don't really need to talk about Trump being acquitted because it's the most obvious possible thing. You're never going to charge a president with a crime when they leave office. Why? No. Because you'd have to charge every other president with that crime. Yeah. That being said, Joe Biden will be impeached in 2022. No, ev- like I, I think we said this on the show before. Every president for the rest of our existence <laughs> will be impeached. Will be impeached. Yeah, Which this is, is, this so is how awesome. yeah, They will get elected and then two years later they will get impeached. This is That's this cool. is how they get even and people won't uh, historians are going to look back and wonder if it was Benghazi that started it, or if yeah. it was, uh, or if it was the the coup at the Capitol. It was the death of the gamers. It's Every Benghazi. episode, it was Gamergate. Yeah, like a little this. Easter egg. I, I got a toss. <laughs> I, I'm it ain't just going saying. Away. You yeah. ever look at it? The it's, it LLCS drinking game. Charlie Daniels <laughs> died, and he still tweets, "Benghazi ain't going away." Mm. It's like Herman Cain's account tweeting about how COVID isn't real. <laughs> After he died like three months ago. Yeah, that was sick. You know, I'm, I don't want to, this is off topic, but no, Herman Cain ran uh, for the GOP nom in 2012. Yes. And he lost because he's an idiot uh, and a loser and a black man running for GOP. Okay. So I'm glad you clarified yeah. that last time. I was like, <laughs> no, oh. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's running to be like the GOP yeah. nom. He's going to lose. Yeah. Uh, but in his like resignation speech, he quoted Mewtwo from Pokemon <laughs> the first movie, which was really fucking cool. That is awesome. And I remember be like uh like oh it's something about like, you know, destiny and like, oh, it's the power to choose who you want to be. Oh, like yeah. classic Mewtwo self actualization stuff. Classic Mewtwo. All my homies know. My therapist tells me you gotta self actualize like Mewtwo more. That would stop you from wanting to kill yourself. <laughs> just but imagine I like my favorite was that, you know, like Herman Cain, obviously, like, a monster and a moron, but, like, all of Reddit was, like, soy-facing over the <laughs> fact that he quoted Mewtwo. <laughs> he was also wearing, like, the weird power armor Mewtwo had as well. That's yeah. That's really yeah. impressive. It was to, about. like, uh, you know, restrict his psychic <laughs> abilities. His psionic abilities, yeah. yeah. I don't like Mewtwo's look because he looks like he, he has whatever skin goes, like, up his butt and around his front, and I think it looks ugly. Oh, like, are you talking about, like, the purple? It's supposed to be, like, an umbilical cord. Yeah, because he's, he's a He's supposed to be, baby. like, a fetus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Does that not make you like it more? <laughs> 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 Women love fetus. <laughs> yeah, don't you love babies? What the fuck? Yeah, what the hell? Oh, God. <laughs> I was so thrilled. I've never had a woman so, say anything about Mewtwo to me before. So <laughs> I was so, like, no, please go on. Uh, and, anyway, so speaking of fetuses, uh, we want to talk about Canada's vaccine rollout. Mm. Um, mm, yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> Officially has fetuses. I thought that was it. a pretty good segment. <laughs> Do you want to take the charge on this? 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With a segue like that, how could you not? <laughs> so Dean and I did a little bit of research, so we can go back and forth on this one. So Dean found this article that says, as of today, we've administered 1.2 million doses, which is less than 3% of our population. Uh-oh. However, that's actually not even the case. We've actually fully vaccinated approximately 088 percent of our population. CTV um, news, wrong again. No, 3% is just who's had the first dose. Gotcha. But less oh, than 1% has vaccinated. been fully cool. vaccinated. Dean, you also put here that the states has managed to do 10% of their population somehow, which I'm actually shocked by. I don't know if that's just like 10% of the this first is, dose. I'm getting all of this from CTV. Uh, I, I imagine like, yeah, it's the same stats. The first dose but, has been administered. Shout out to CTV. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> that... They have so many more people than us, and yeah. even if their first dose is at ten percent, like that's still what the fuck's th- like, going I, on. I don't know exact numbers, but I know that they are kicking our asses. Yeah, yeah, and they are like the fact that we are getting beaten by them is and even like, more embarrassing. Most than being of their population, or like a third of their population, won't even take the vaccine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and are actively in like some areas, like in California, protesting the vaccine sites and closing them down. Yeah. Damn, yeah. And and the UK is also at 20% either oh, of the first dose or the... to the UK. The no, right? Fuck like, those me. fucking mouth-breathing idiots are beating us. Like, how can you not be, like, sending, you know, you-know-whats to Justin Trudeau through the mail? I don't... I'm not oh, sure. I thought Dudes? we were going to attack their country. <laughs> no, you want us to attack our own no, country. No, I mean, Paris on... <laughs> Like, for, like, first, we got to deal with, you know, the enemy at home. Right. And, and then we can go overseas. Gotcha. Yeah. So our plan generally is that the federal government is supposed to obtain the vaccines, and then each province is responsible for its own vaccine uh, rollout Great. slash distribution. That could only go well. Uh, and yeah. then um, within the provinces, at least this is the case for Ontario, then each region is responsible for their own plan as well. That's actually, no, I think that's a really smart way to do it is rather than having like one system administer the vaccine, have like, you know, (laughs) 20 to 30 middlemen uh, just in the way in order to make it more efficient. That That is also how our healthcare system works in general. (laughs) Canadian premiers, famously some of the smartest people, like Scott Doug Ford. (laughs) Oh my God, they're all... People yeah. that I would definitely trust with millions of lives, yeah. I would say. You know who you want running the vaccine rollout? is people convicted of drunk driving. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I feel like, almost every premier probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, to be fair, if there's anybody who I'd want to show me how to put, you know, an illicit substance into my body, it is the Fords. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. They've got a lot of practice. <laughs> In Kingston, our medical officer of health um, stated that we didn't receive an adequate adequate supply originally, and now Ontario is trying to redistribute the vaccines we do have throughout the province because some areas have too many somehow. Um, I think it's just that they're cool. they're trying to vaccinate everyone in a long-term care home first. That's at least mm. Ontario's plan and specifically Kingston's plan too. Um, so then in order to get it to everybody who's in a long-term care home. They need to move some vaccines around. Um, from Global News, as of the day we're recording, um, 489,484 doses have been administered and a total of 195,366 people have been fully, fully vaccinated right. in Ontario, which is 1.3% of our population. I actually have a friend who got both. She posted today like her little sticker she got. She is a nurse, though. So yeah, yeah. Makes wow. sense. that's a priority. I didn't know they gave you like a cool... Little tag sticker. Yeah, oh, that's fine. I voted. Yeah, it was yeah. actually pretty cool. They like, actually yeah, give you a really cool tattoo too. <laughs> <laughs> On your forehead. Yeah, yeah. Free microchip. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there's been delays in general because Pfizer stopped producing for like two weeks near the end of January in order to update their capacity, which just reminds me of a video game or something. Like you need to no go on build. Yeah, no, they're they're, they're <laughs> no, 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 go on. I yeah, no, I want to I hear. How is it like a video game? <laughs> they need to build what. Like in Stardew Valley or something, and you're upgrading something. Okay, she's oh. talking about oh. you have to farm for a little bit. Oh, I thought she was talking about literally making a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no. No, you load up Python. Like in Farmville, in the microchip. Farmville. <laughs> Anyway, so we've been behind because of that. Um, but there's also a time limit between receiving the two doses for it to fully mm. work. So that makes delays a little bit more stressful because they can <laughs> literally run out of time. If you get the first one, they'll have to give you another first one. We are slow and we do not have a lot of vaccines because we don't have the capacity to make our own vaccines in Canada. So I found an article explaining why you may have heard this. They were talking about it, especially a lot at the beginning when we had first ordered a bunch of vaccines. And Trudeau said we had lost the capacity to make our own vaccines decades ago. So I found it. That sounds like a functioning country. (laughs) That sounds like, you know, a leading medical, uh, you know, expert. Yeah. Like we waited decades to address this problem. No, like decades ago, we lost the capability of protecting our citizenry from <laughs> yeah. a no, deadly exactly. disease. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we did. That- <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is a CTV article as well by Jonathan Ferrani. And uh, so Canada used to be a world leader in vaccine production 50 years ago. We were actually like almost number one. We were doing super well. We had multiple labs, institutions, yeah. and factories. They interviewed this guy for this article, an, an infectious disease expert. And he said they failed because they had a poor business model uh, mm. as they were spun off from universities so their model involved not making so much profit oh, which I, cool I didn't know that's, that's what they were issue. for but okay <laughs> and then so they ended up being sold to foreign companies who streamlined them and reduced their capacity by a lot in order to make them profitable so we just don't have proper working factories yeah. anymore to make vaccines NAFTA didn't just hit like steel mills it, it hit literally every industry in the country yeah and it means we now have to rely on European and US pharmaceutical brands for any vaccines we need like the Moderna one and the Damn. Pfizer one I when, can't believe they shut down the racism factory and the autism factory I know <laughs> <laughs> those were our chief exports yeah, for a long time it really is hard out here for a pimp but just like what, what the fuck we didn't invest in like at the time it's not like they were like waiting around for a pandemic they were producing like insulin yeah. a lot of other vital Weren't drugs they doing like polio vaccines yeah, too or something exactly and then they were just like well they're not making enough money on the polio vaccine so we're just gonna stop doing that when this article was in written, fairness <laughs> polio we did eradicate we, we because yeah, we, we had a because we, got, we got rid of that shit for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can uh, like obviously i disagree with everything else if you want to stop making the polio vaccine now it's fine that's all right Okay, but they stopped. No, we should make more. No, people who don't vaccinate their kids, measles came back. So you need to keep doing it. (laughs) And there is a growing subsection of, and you're living longer than you'd think, too. You know what we need? I have an idea. You know how there's like ancestry seed banks that Mm. like nuns usually run where they're like, this seed grows corn that's 400 years old that doesn't grow anymore. They should do that with vaccines. They should have like an ancestry vaccine bank. But isn't that legit? Like that, isn't that just what Bill Gates has? Like for real? Is Bill I thought they did store viral yeah, things good. so that they can make vaccines out of them if they need they to. They should also store the virus in there. 
Yeah, that's no, what they, they do. do. They store yeah. the virus. Okay, good, <laughs> I feel like this is just you not understanding how epidemiology <laughs> works. I really have no clue. <laughs> I'm fighting this. All right, you put the coronavirus vaccine, you put the coronavirus vac- coronavirus itself in a room, you lock the door. Who walks in? Yeah, I thought, I thought I was going <laughs> to be a flight. Flight. That's okay, right. I only do know that from the movie Contagion, though, because at the end, they like put it in a freezer. Remember? Oh, yes. Why would you do that? I don't know, to save it. In case it. you get thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to laugh all night. <laughs> When this article was written in November, we had ordered 414 million doses. Uh, just a reminder, our population <laughs> it's like 30 million. is 37.6 million people from seven different companies. Um, Trudeau has said that they ordered Ooh. this many in case contracts don't pan out. And um, oh. I'm assuming that we want to be a huge spender in general yeah. so that the companies are more likely to prioritize us Fucked because we've up. given them so much money. Um, and then he said that, of course, we'll share if we end up with more than we need, which like... If they do go through, we're going to end up with 10 times the amount we need. So, yeah, yeah we're actually, actually he's scalping. the, the worst <laughs> country yeah. for doing that. Um, there's yeah. some stats. Jesus. We're the worst for doing that? Oh for for overstocking vaccines. Yeah. So well, it's because in the U.S. they know like 1% of their population is actually going to take the vaccine. Yeah. Right? I, so. I think like I, I read a stat some around like the 15 or like 20 richest countries have 14% of the world's population and have purchased 51% of the vaccines that are going to be made in the next year. Yeah. From Amnesty International, they, they said that nearly 70 poor countries will only be able to vaccinate one in 10 people against COVID-19 next year unless urgent action is taken. Updated data shows that rich nations representing, yeah, 14% have bought 53% of all the most promising vaccine so far and Canada is the worst country for this. Trudeau has claimed that it's because remember at the beginning when we didn't buy enough PPE and then all the nurses had to like reuse masks or just like straight up didn't get N95s and then he felt really bad I guess and then was like okay I'm gonna stockpile vaccines and then we actually can't even get any of them. The companies just won't ship them. So we're like fucked. And the like so general vaccine shortage is yeah. just that we have like theoretically stockpiled them. So the rest so. of the world is looking at us being like, I can't believe you reserved this many vaccines. You're taking vaccines from us. Well, at the same time, we're just not getting anything. Yeah. They're just like not producing them fast enough for the world, essentially, because another issue, which I didn't have time to look into today, but these companies hold these patents for the vaccines and they create them themselves, but they haven't, I I don't know the extent to which they have like shared the patent for other companies to make the vaccine, but I don't think it's very widely at all. So even if countries do have the capability to produce the vaccine, if they had, I don't know what you call it, the blueprint or the formula to make it, <laughs> like there just isn't enough production happening of vaccines. So yeah, yeah. Just, just fucked in general. But like, if another company made it, then I wouldn't get the money for it. Yeah, that is Wait, correct. Are you yeah. telling like, us now that you have money in vaccines, Dean? Uh, no. As a biology student there, I have attended many lectures, and I'm not going to name any names, but just hearing, even in passing, the absurd amount of wealth generated by people, not even people making vaccines, people making like drugs for relatively minor ailments benign. yeah relatively benign like survivable diseases is just horrific even mm-hmm. like before i i you know got you know black pilled into like doing a fucking podcast with you assholes i was like this this is completely disgusting the amount of money that you're making for what you're doing wasn't it was it the guy who invented insulin that's like you can't sell this like yeah banting <laughs> yeah, Canadian. Frederick banting, yeah yeah 
And he's like, yeah, this should just be free because people need it to live. Mm-hmm. Oh, you sweet summer child. Capitalism wasn't invented until like 1966, right? So that's, yeah. that's why he thought that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. But yeah, no, it's it's a very difficult question. Uh, what industry is the most evil? Mm. But I think the pharmaceutical industry, it's hard to argue, is up there. Pharmaceutical and of course, like it's easy, but the arms industry are like, yeah really neck and neck and like oil and gas those are like the big three <laughs> the prison industry if I, oh, fuck. Oh, f- oh wait i think it's every industry <laughs> fuck yeah I put think, an industry afterwards. fuck we did <laughs> i think <laughs> we, the pharmaceutical we this shit man might be number one just because it is the greatest barrier to getting people comprehensive health care yeah because they have so much money and it, it's so vis like it's you can understand it on such a visceral level yeah there there's no like you know leaps of logic there's no gray area it's i have some Something that can save your life, and I'm not giving to not giving it to you unless you, unless you give me six thousand dollars. Unless you yeah. set up a GoFundMe. It's like yeah, exactly. The military industrial complex and the prison industrial complex—they aren't exactly complex things to grasp, but they're not as straightforward as. And you don't encounter the them every single day. Exactly, the same way. that's true. You could argue that they're more evil, but yeah, I think the pharmaceutical industry, with just how omnipresent it is, and just the sheer straightforward either pay me or you die it's like yeah it's hard to argue that isn't the most evil industry even in a place that has like relatively good healthcare in comparison to our neighbors oh absolutely it's like we notice it all the time it's there's a reason why so many politicians are like we need private two-tiered healthcare systems it's like yeah Mm -hmm. because if we have a fully universal one you're gonna lose your pharmacy money fucking see you yeah yeah so some vaccines have been developed by Canadian companies, but because we don't have any capacity at all, they would need to get a partner in another company mm. anyway, which sort of puts us back at square one. It's just like, well, now you need to pay another company to make these anyway and then ship them back to us. We are in development of creating our own facilities, but like I've only heard really of a couple or even one so far. There is some companies in Saskatchewan talking about it, but it will take multiple years to get them running. So mm. at this point, I don't even know if that would be like feasible. And the last thing in this article was that Joel Lexchin, a health studies professor, argues that we should create a crown corporation to make the vaccines. Um, we obviously need them, and then we can export them to low-income countries uh, yeah. if we have extra instead of literally stealing them all and then saying, <laughs> oh, maybe we'll, like, give some to you later, you know. Were those his words? Once I, I, we all get vaccinated nine times each, we will give you four. <laughs> I'm yeah. so powerful. I, I would I'm counter. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gonna become. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, we get this country on board with liking trains. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Maybe if I take that many, it'll have the reverse effect. Okay. <laughs> That's they true. Don't, I'll be able like, to talk to women. Our relationship to trains is so interesting because they refuse to build trains to like transport people <laughs> and get around the country easily yeah. without cars. But then... You go and you stand on a railroad for like a couple hours and the entire country's like, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, yeah. that's because they're transporting goods, not people. And yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. That's why yeah. we need to bring steam trains back because they, they make the cool whistle sounds and stuff. <laughs> I mean, everyone has a good time. I'm going to disagree with this uh, Joel Lex Luthor character okay. um, in that I don't think that we should create a crown corporation so much as we should seize the uh, currently operational uh, corporations oh. and uh, farm, pharmaceutical companies. You mean like don't compete with them? Just like... No, just, but they're just like, take them over. There aren't any in this is Canada right now. now is the issue. We should take them with arms. Yeah. yeah. That'd be that, awesome. That'd yeah, that's be where cool. the needles go. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like as close to nationalism as I get, I think. But uh, bear with me. Okay. Uh, the fact that like we 
as you know like oh a, a global leader like a g7 country like one of the richest and most powerful countries cannot produce a vaccine to protect our own people is fucking embarrassing and relying on other na- like other con- companies in other nations to give it to us and having to like wheedle and plead like Here's something that should make your blood boil. It made me fucking angry. Canada is the only G7 country to be drawing vaccines from a fund called COVAX. Oh, yeah. uh, Which is like this UN-like initiative dedicated to giving developing countries uh, the vaccine. Uh, As of June, we will be receiving almost 2 million doses from this fund. Other companies drawing from it, Rwanda, Afghanistan, Sudan. Canada. What are those? Th- I wonder what those three have in common. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when your boss takes your tip money. It's like, you yeah. don't need this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, fucking yeah. need this. Yeah. Like, we are doing terribly when it comes to administering vaccines, obviously. But uh, if you look at Africa, mm. uh, as of early February, 230,000 vaccines have been given in the entire continent <sighs> of Africa. Yeesh. Compared to our 1.2 million. Yeah. Right. Fucking insane. And then and then the argument comes up where it's like, oh, we're more developed than them. So, of course, the, like... Well, Trudeau... But yeah, this is just a fund. Yeah. We're just like, those are yeah, Trudeau okay. argued, like, yeah. because we are contributing to the fund. And technically, every country that contributes is allowed to draw from yeah. it. But only Canada is doing it. <laughs> Somebody's got to be first. No, like, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> They're all just standing there. It's like, who's going to eat the first fucking hors d'oeuvre at the party? Yeah. I, it's more like who's going to grab a handful of change from the take a penny. <laughs> and also the fact that we paid for an order. Well, I don't know if we paid for them yet, but ordered with the intent to pay for 400 million. And then we go to this fund and, and go, yeah. oh, also we need another 2 million. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Cool. Like I said, it's like it's like the scalpers. Like he's, he's, we're just buying up everything so we could just resell it at a higher price. But a scalper, you know, is a a wily and smart businessman. Yeah, they're man. a hero uh, and a hero, definitely. <laughs> they're the troop of the sports. <laughs> they're on the front line. They're putting their bodies at risk. Yeah, I, I like that you think a scalper is a sports thing and not a concert thing. That speaks worlds to yeah. like our different <laughs> universes. The last that we concert operate in. I went to is like Meatloaf in two thousand and eight. That sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie to you. I got a shit. No, here. but like a, a scalper is out to make a buck. These things expire in two weeks. Yeah, like, they, like oh, yeah. they're yeah. just all gonna like I did go forget bad. about the expiry yeah. part. Yeah. No, it's just like our government's like handing out money to pharmaceutical I companies. Love the idea of having four hundred million vaccines that are going to expire for thirty million people. Yeah, yeah we'll give the rest away. Yeah. What? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, we can't even get them distributed across <laughs> yeah. our country, let alone send them to other countries. Another example in a long line of COVID showing the inequities and cruelties in the capitalist system yeah, yeah. it's just sad it. like hearing that that happened 50 years ago and they just never dealt with it or fixed it because they were like well it wasn't profitable like that's really the core mm-hmm. of the story and that's fucking depressing sad well that's it, it makes it come into question you know what's the role of the government if it isn't to <laughs> yeah. provide yeah, to safety make and health to protect its citizens yeah that's yeah, literally your whole fucking job and you drop the ball so it's like why am I funding you to do this job if you can't fucking do it and that's why i say we should draw all of the mm-hmm. vaccine out of trudeau's veins and then evenly <laughs> distribute it across the country As you, th- you think that's where he's keeping 400 million doses <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i want to check his, his his vaccine uh blood levels and um 
and draw it out of his veins. I'm going to walk you through what I believe is the most Jesse story of all time. Oh. It involves uh, rookie GOP congresswoman Lauren Boebert. But before we dive in depth, I actually do have to give a shout out to a couple media figures who are working on this story that actually turned me on to this story. Credit where credit is due. So the first is uh, a journalist, David Bixenspan. I'm going to talk about what he covers a little bit more. I don't want to spoil it quite yet. And then uh, Matthew Randazzo V. Uh, Bixenspan, who at the time of recording this is still working on this story. It's very much a developing one. And then Rendazzo is the guy who tweeted it out and kind of got it juiced up and out there. So I have a new origin story for Lauren Boebert that just dropped. Yes, please. Now, we are a Canadian podcast, so yes. there probably is a good subsection of our audience that isn't super familiar with Lauren Boebert. Yeah, I have no idea who this woman is. Perfect. Let's go through it. Lauren Opal Roberts. Yes. So that is a good middle name. Okay. Anybody who is named after a rock or a gem, in my experience, has been a psychopath. What yeah. about Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Psychopath. No, he's a glowing eye psycho. You know that in his early autobiography, he talked about how he tried to rip a man's tongue out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that what psychopaths That's a crazy do? fact. What? I'm not even kidding. like the same way you try to like get a baby's nose. Yeah. Or <laughs> essentially, do you just want to see if he could do it? If you got a good grip. <laughs> not to go too into depth, but he insulted the Rock's father, so he said he was going to rip his tongue out and strangle him with it, and then he tried. <laughs> okay. Well, respect. But, uh, that's kind of cool. Anybody named after a rock, crazy. Bad start. Yep. Uh, she was born December 16th, 1986 in Altamonte Springs, Florida. Also a bad start. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, we're zero for two. Not a lot's known about her mother, Shauna Bence Roberts. However, I can tell you that uh, Bobert herself declared that her parents voted Democrat until about 2001. Wonder what oh, spurred that change. Mm. And why, that, would you, why would you say that publicly? <laughs> her family was very poor. They were on social assistance. They were on welfare. Uh, another thing about Shauna Bentz Roberts, she still has a somewhat active media profile. In fact, one of the earliest videos you can find of her is from around 2010, where she does a Jersey Shore, her words, not mine, style rant about people she finds annoying at the grocery store. Oh. My God, like the Candle Woman. That's an iconic video. A little bit, but hers is mostly uh, black More people. racist. Yeah. Oh. oh. Not good. <laughs> So, in 1998, the family would leave Florida for Colorado, settling in the town of Rifle, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Lauren would drop out of high school in 2003 to raise her child. Uh, She finished just a few months short of getting her diploma. I'm not going to make fun of that. That's a realistic thing that happens. And she started working at a local McDonald's. Yeah. During her time at McDonald's, she said that it changed her views about whether government assistance is necessary. What did From it work McDonald's your way through it? Wait, wait. Interesting. <laughs> Whether it was necessary. How do you how Like do she you worked get... at McDonald's and thought it was necessary or worked at McDonald's and was like, we don't need this shit. Well, because her family was on welfare, but she's like, oh, I have a job and I have money. So clearly welfare is not necessary. You don't make nearly enough money at McDonald's. Or uh, she lived with her parents. Yeah, come on. I have like $15 of spending how money a week now. How do you unradicalized working at, at the, McDonald's. the McDonald's in Rifle, Colorado? Here's a great reason why. She became a manager there. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every manager I've ever met at McDonald's is a 
fucking. The managers at our McDonald's were straight up fifteen because everyone else that worked there was fourteen. So they were like, okay, well, you guys you get are a little old. Lord of the Flies style shit. <laughs> Lord of the Fries. Hey, TM TM TM. She would eventually quit McDonald's and surprise surprise get a job working at a natural gas drilling company. Mm-hmm. First as a filing clerk and then eventually as a pipeliner. Wow. So she went from working in the office to on the rig, which is, you know what, more than I would certainly want to do or could do. Bobert would return to the restaurant industry in April of 2013, opening Shooter's Grill. The Shooter's website offers the following description. Gun-themed and old-timey American restaurant serving traditional breakfast, burgers, and steaks. Stop by our restaurant and enjoy great food and a very safe place to eat it. Breakfast, lunch, or oh, dinner. I have to specify that on your website. Our food and service will make you happy. No, the fact that they have guns <laughs> makes it safer. That is our place. It keeps oh. going. Happy, <laughs> safe, and fun. We're armed and ready to feed you. I <laughs> thought it would be that people were worried they would get shot if they went, and they were like, no. But I, wanna, they I, wanna, no I want an unsafe gun-themed restaurant. Good. Now, are they going for like a like a gun, like a Second Amendment-themed Hooters vibe? Essentially. Okay. So all the waitresses were made mandatorily required to open carry they had (laughs) oh my god (laughs) they had pistols on their hip and what's even funnier is in the early days of the restaurant yes they weren't required to take gun safety courses until like 2015 (laughs) like how easy can you make it to shoot up your restaurant like Anyone could grab your gun so well, no, easily. But there'd be good girls <laughs> reaching with guns. for the waitress's service, <laughs> service weapon. <laughs> server's, <laughs> server's weapon. <laughs> so Bobert told suicide a, by bartender. <laughs> uh, you would love that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Bobert told local TV news station Fox 31 in 2019. The customers have their jokes with the waitresses. If I don't tip, are you going to hurt me? All of the servers were armed, but it's the foods that's dangerous, at least according to this Daily Beast report. So uh, just a few weeks ago, actually, the Daily Beast reported that an unlicensed temporary food establishment associated with shooters catered the rifle rodeo in 2017. And that the morning after the rodeo, the country or sorry, the county's public health office documented receiving calls from attendees who complained of food poisoning. Some reported severe symptoms, including nausea and bloody diarrhea. They weren't wrong. That's dangerous as fuck. Was there like shrapnel in the meat? Not quite, but the health department reported that 100% of the people interviewed had had those pork sliders prepared at (laughs) Smokehouse 1776, which was a restaurant across the street from Shooters, owned by Shooters, that had no cold or hot handling mechanisms in place, and that the restaurant does not maintain temperature logs, so there was no way of showing that the food was cooked or kept at proper temperatures. Oh, Yeah, I just did the food safety course, and now in my brain I'm like, that's extremely bad, and see, people almost died because of it. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, unsurprisingly, Smokehouse 1776 would close a short time later. Yeah, man. That's extremely illegal. I still can't get over I'm sorry. The waitresses have guns, <laughs> yeah. and they don't have to they like, didn't take have a to. course. They didn't have to. They do now. I That just seems <laughs> so wildly unsafe. It's, oh my God. No, it's <laughs> they the never safest, had a shooting at the restaurant. It was the yeah. safest restaurant you could go to. So, in... December of 2019, Lauren Boebert announced her candidacy for Colorado's 3rd Congressional District. During her campaign, she criticized Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other members of The Squad, positioning herself as the conservative alternative to AOC, a young woman uh, with aspirations. The J-O-B. That's right. Boebert would upset GOP incumbent Scott Tipton and win her race against the Democratic candidate, Diane Mitch. 
sorry, Diane Mitch Bush. Terrible Uh-oh. name. Yeah, not Uh-oh. good. Real disaster. Bitch mush. That's right. <laughs> so Lauren Boebert goes from unwed, single mother, high school dropout to McDonald's manager to owner of Shooter's Bar and Grill with her husband, uh, Jason. So it's technically Lauren Boebert's name was Lauren Roberts. I just call her Lauren Boebert. Yeah, she's, she's my Boebert. Yeah, and Jason Boebert was her husband who helped her buy this restaurant and run it. He had quite a bit of money from working in the oil industry. Surprise, surprise. So she goes from that to all of a sudden she's a congresswoman. 2020, very busy year for <laughs> Lauren Boebert. She gets her GED, which, you know what? Fair enough, congrats. I'm not going to shit on somebody for doing adult education. That shit is really difficult and actually important. Maybe a bit strange that she was elected congresswoman before having her GED, but whatever, man. I think that's cool, personally. I know there's a lot of libs. I I saw this whole big campaign like it should be illegal. Like you should, you should need to have a college degree to be a congressman. Like blah blah blah. Yeah, no, like fuck on. off. No, no. Yeah, I want anybody. No, to... I trust a fucking high school dropout a lot more to run the country than the average college student. I'm sorry. <laughs> so all your friends. Are <laughs> yeah, I'm students. sorry. That's true. <laughs> That's where he gets his data this. from. Uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen happened in 2020, and shooters made headlines by being. Of course, the first restaurant to just eschew public health recommendations and open no masks or anything required. Mm-hmm. A decision which she defended many times after that. So we're going to talk about her political aspirations and what's gone on in 2021. So Bobert, along with her sister-in-arms, Marjorie Taylor Greene, very hot right now. Everybody's talking about uh, yeah. MTG. The January 6th Capitol riots have up scrutiny on the ascendant uh, QAnon movement. Bobert was actually one of the first political figures to acknowledge the movement. She had an interview on, you know, some Q insufferable seven and a half hour podcast. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with Q and that, quote, everything I've heard of Q, I hope that it's real because it only means that America is getting stronger and better. Which part does she hope is real? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I heard they were fucking kids. Yeah, I hope that's yeah. true. Yeah. A satanic pedophile yeah. cult. I what really, if, really looking forward to that. Yeah. What if she doesn't also, support QAnon, if, but she supports that part of QAnon? Yeah, the deep How state is, it getting is getting stronger and better. Isn't yeah. all of Q in opposition to America getting worse? Well, okay, so it, her belief is that because they're fighting the evil elite pedophiles. Fighting, yeah. but all, like America's fighting by better. just Stay woke. learning about it online? Yes. Yeah, yeah. no, okay. because we know that stronger. like uh, jo- John F. Kennedy Jr. is still alive, yeah. America uh, is Vince, stronger, Vincent better, Fuqua. faster, stronger. <laughs> okay. Uh, in November, so Bobert has, of course, since denied this being like, oh, I was just, you know fucking around basically. <laughs> yeah. I was being yeah, a bimbo. No, I was trolling. That's the classic Republican response now. Uh, you may have also heard of Bobert because in November of 2020 she said that she intended to carry a firearm with her while working in Washington, D.C. Yeah. <laughs> On January 1st, 2021, uh, Lauren Bobert wrote to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy a letter which was signed by other members of Congress and members-elect asking that the 1967 law that exempts members of Congress from a Capitol Hill ban on firearms remain in place, allowing them to continue to carry guns so she's like look you we have to be allowed to bring our i need to open a shooters on capitol hill (laughs) i honestly think that was probably what the plan was yeah on january 5th 2021 as bobert was walking through the newly installed capitol hill metal detectors they went off and she refused a bag check she then entered the capitol also on that day bobert tweeted remember these next 48 hours these are some of the most important days in american history on January 6th, she once again bypassed the metal detectors and the wand checks, which she referred to as a political stunt by Speaker Pelosi. 
<laughs> During the Capitol Hill riots, Democratic politicians uh, accused Boebert and her colleague Doug Lamhorn of helping to incite violence. <laughs> <laughs> and also that... Who up playing with their lamhorn? <laughs> their lamhorn. Also, while the Capitol was being stormed, Boebert posted information on Twitter about the police response and location of members, including Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and that she had left the chamber. Doxing your colleagues. That's yeah. <laughs> like, during a riot, too. Yeah. Um, well, she's a big fan of things leaving the chamber. <laughs> very clearly. <laughs> so that's the quick catch up on Lauren Boebert. She also harassed David Hogg, you may know as the survivor yeah. of the Parkland school shooting, who's now the pillow entrepreneur. That's a story for yeah. another day. Uh, basically saying, why don't you support Second Amendment rights? It's like, lady. He's like, my friends were killed. <laughs> yeah. I watched like 20 people get murdered. <laughs> what the fuck do you think? <laughs> so that's Lauren Boebert. Before I get into the actual really, really strange part of the story... I'm sorry, we're not at the really strange part. This is part two of three. There is somehow an even stranger part at the end of this. This is crazy that she had to do a metal detector and thought that Pelosi set her her up. (laughs) The metal detector. Something that not just her, everybody had to do. They all walked through it. They're at the entrance. You just put this in here for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of voice we need, Megan, right there. There's a little bit of a little bit of oomph on mm, I like that. A little stank. <laughs> okay. on, a little stank. On February 12th, 2021, journalist David Bixenspan broke a bizarre story about Bobert and the potential identity of her father. We're going to go back to Shauna Bence Roberts for a moment here. Because she, in posts dating back to at least 2013, but maybe even prior to that, uh, claimed and alluded to a relationship between herself. And Stan Lane. Look, I know... Stan Lee? Stan Lane, not Stan Lee. That oh, would be okay. great. Though. Stan Lee has way better standards. Excelsior. Bence specifically said that Stan Lane uh, refused to support her and the child and that he paid, quote, big money to deny his child. Now, look, the more cultured among you uh, wrestling fans will say, the Stan Lane? And yeah. I'll say, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> For the rest of you, though, I'm going to give you a bit of information. Wallace Stanfield Lane was born August 5th, 1953 in Greensboro, North Carolina. Lane, an excellent high school athlete trained under world champion Ric Flair to become a professional wrestler. Wallace Lane would adopt the handle Sweet Stan Lane, and he began his career in 1978. He also began a lucrative partnership with a man named Steve Kern, and in the 1980s, they dubbed themselves the Fabulous Ones. These guys, gay as hell. (laughs) (laughs) They wore white suspenders with top hats, uh, speedos, tuxedos. I will send the group chat a very nice music video we might be able to post it on the instagram of the two of them posing basically nude uh as sharp dressed man plays awesome i'm gonna lie to you these two hunks made quite a bit of money on the independent wrestling scene uh lane would eventually join a new team in the mid-1980s called the midnight express also very homosexual kind of undertones of that name they toured the united states throughout the 1980s and the express spent most of their time working in georgia and florida in fact as david vixen span noted lane spent a lot of time in florida in 1986 so how do these two very different people connect well according to bence intimately and according to dna by blood these two are first cousins. Ooh, Wait, baby. The this gal's mom and Stan Lane are, are related. first cousins? They are cousins. Who is getting all this data? Did they do a blood test? Yes. <laughs> Why? There was, a, a, I think, a paternity suit. Yes. 
Oh, so, my God. Stan Lane and Shauna Bence Roberts, the mother of Lauren Boebert, according to Shauna Bence Roberts, she and Stan Lane had sex, and Stan Lane, her first cousin, is the father of Lauren. That, that is according is to so her mother. Cool. Why does all of American politics boil down to professional wrestling? <laughs> yeah. <And incest. laughs> so professional wrestling and incest every time. Posting about this, and it's not just like one or two posts. I have screenshots of like 40 posts of this woman talking about this illicit relationship. Oh my God. And here's the thing. Normally, I'd write off any kind of celebrity paternity thing as just a cash grab. Like the kid who claims that he's Bill Clinton's black son. That's have me. You, have, you, no, have you actually seen this guy? Oh, no. Yeah, he's it's awesome. amazing. He's That's cool. cool. But Stan Lane is not a particularly wealthy man. In fact, almost nobody in wrestling is wealthy because you get fucked on your payments every single time and it's impossible to make money. You basically just do it for fun. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, and then your brain's so broken that you don't even remember signing a check or not. Stan Lane, after retiring from professional wrestling, worked as a broadcaster for speedboat races. <laughs> and he probably made more money doing that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this is the thing. This deeply personal and very embarrassing story makes me question, like, what exactly is Bence Roberts going for here? She cannot be going for money, especially now that her daughter is a congresswoman who owns a restaurant and is married to an oil man. The family has money now. Yeah, they're chilling. Now, if it ended here, it'd be like, yeah, that's weird and funny. This is something that I don't know if it's 100% true, as in this possibility may not have happened, but it's still a possibility, and I actually would be reproached to not cover it. Yeah. Stan Lane has a body double. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm No, no, this is a Coen Brothers movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. It really is a what Coen. What the Fuck. A man by the name of Samuel Tyser. I have very little information on this man's biography. He was born in 1946 and spent most of his time in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis is a really big wrestling town. They were actually, they had a uh, syndicated wrestling program that ran on their local station for over 50 years. Ooh. Every week. They were actually the first like territory to integrate both in terms of having black wrestlers wrestle white wrestlers and having black fans in the same area as white fans. This is in the 1950s. Wow. I know, Ooh. right? It's really, we actually could do like an interesting history on Sputnik Monroe, the man, the white man who essentially vouched for and got a lot of civil, uh, not rights, but <laughs> some very basic principles in place in Memphis. But that's the story for another day. So Tyser being a big fan of wrestling and a Rather tall, fairly muscular, blonde man just started telling girls that he was Stan Lane. Even when Stan Lane was working in the city and Samuel Tyser was there, he would just say he was Stan Lane and the girls bought it. Oh my God. In fact, so convincing was Samuel Tyser that when he died in 2011, the local newspaper credited him as being sweet Stan Lane, the professional wrestler. And in fact, the news of Tyser's death got to the actual Stan Lane's mother who believed that her son had died. <laughs> wow. What the fuck? Samuel Tyser had been telling people he was Stan Lane for the better part of 30 years. In fact, his wife seemingly earnestly believed that he was Stan Lane. And when confronted by the actual Stan Lane in a phone call, spent about 25 minutes refusing to believe anything oh otherwise. Oh my God. To make matters even weirder and potentially more carny, at the funeral for her husband, Samuel Tyser, the fake Stan Lane. They had a funnel cake machine. Even worse. They had signed merchandise of Stan Lane <laughs> and the Fabulous Ones and the Midnight Express signed by Samuel Tyser as Stan Lane that they sold at the funeral for Samuel Tyser, the fake Stan Lane. Oh my God. <laughs> 
with them. He that's also what spent he a bit of time. Wanted, I think I that think is that's, definitely what he would have wanted. Respectful. Honestly. And this is harder to pin down, but he did spend a bit of time as a young man in Florida. All right. Bum, bum, bum. Why am I telling you this? Well, one, because I think it's very funny and it's very weird that this man that almost nine, I'm going to say 99.9% of our audience has ever heard of had a body double. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> but also because this then raises the possibility that Shauna Bentz mistook Samuel Tyser, the fake Stan Lane, I mean, for her cousin, the real Stan Lane, had sex with him and then had Lauren Boebert. I don't know which is funnier, which is having a child with your cousin or having a child with a guy you think is your <laughs> cousin, your cousin. <laughs> but is not your cousin. And that's what I... We have three possibilities here. Yeah. None of this is true. Stan Lane is not Bobert's father. Bent still had sex with her cousin. That seems to be probably the most likely thing that happened, which mm. is still really weird. Yeah. But, uh, you know... I'm sure stranger things, we know there's been congressmen and politicians that are the product of incest. So mm. yeah, whatever. The monarchy. Two, Stan Lane is in fact the father and Bence is vindicated by this and Bobert is revealed to be the result of an incestuous relationship between her truly dreadful racist mother and a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, fun fact, Donald Trump is also in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. So another nice little GOP. We, we all knew that. And the third, of course, is that Samuel Tyser, the fake Stan Lane, is actually Lauren Boebert's father, and that Shauna Bentz was too stupid to realize she was not having sex with her cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that one's so fucked. Could you imagine case, how betrayed you would feel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that so, wasn't my cousin? <laughs> so these are potential origin stories for the second hottest woman in Congress, just in terms of uh, actual buzz. In terms yeah. of physical appearance, it's Nancy Pelosi. Of course. Diane Feinstein. Yeah. And then Ted Cruz. Well, yeah, of course. I guess he's in the Senate, though. Ah, that's true. Damn. But we now have what is potentially the strangest origin story for a sitting member of Congress that I've certainly heard, and somehow one that is so perfectly in my lane, my Stan lane, in fact, where we get to talk about an obscure wrestler, QAnon, and American politics. Do you cool. think? Okay. Do you think I could like go to? Uh, I could go to Evo, I could go to SmashCon, uh, and I could convince girls that I'm Mewtwo King. <laughs> okay. Do <laughs> oh, you think I could pull sick. that off? Yes. <laughs> I think in a simpler time, yes. In the, yeah. time, in the era of social media, it's no. impossible. No, yeah, we'll hook you up with like an and like, like put, put me in like 2004, like, oh, oh homie, oh my God. Up. Yeah. Are yeah. you kidding me? We'll just like... Uh, make it so you have like a really fucked up hairline. Yeah, yeah exactly. It'd be awesome. So this story is still developing, and if there are final developments, as in, yes, he's her father, or no, he's not her father, I will update you very briefly. We won't go through this whole rigmarole again. But I wanted to make everyone aware of this story that's haunted my brain. And uh, boy, oh boy, I've never Thank seen you. anything like it. Yeah, no, that... that Would I, you say it's pretty twisted, Dean? I, I th It's pretty twisted. It's pretty jokerified. But, I would say, but yeah, that 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 brings me to to our next and final bit, folks. I think it's safe to say everyone around this table is Jokerified. Yeah, is absolutely. that correct? Yeah, I've never even seen the movie, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. No, no, I'm good. I watched yeah. Taxi. Megan, Driver. are you Jokerified? Sure. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> babe, babe, <laughs> babe, babe. Can you? <laughs> Am I Jokerified? <laughs> Uh, like yeah, like with the like the news today, it's sort of it's impossible not to uh, be jokerified. 
I don't know about you guys, but for me, with just how things have been going, with everything that we've talked about uh, today, it's hard to feel like the Joker pill is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we need a level beyond. Do we, you do you wish to quickly explain to our audience, just in case they genuinely don't know what the Joker pill is? Okay, so just just a quick one. Jokerification is a phenomenon that's been around probably since the Dark Knight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but really, really gained popularity in 2019 with the Joker movie yeah. that came out with Joaquin. That Phoenix. inspired Incel. Uh, yeah, it, it inspired many mass shootings. Uh, as you know, the United States ceased to function after that movie came so out for COVID-19 a few weeks. COVID-19 did happen after Joker. Yeah, it makes record. you think. So maybe he released <laughs> yeah. the vaccine virus. But uh, there's uh, this general panic uh, around the Joker movie and how it would uh, sort of activate all of these like lone wolf, like incel, white, uh, mm. lower income people to, uh, you know, become Disrupt. clown princes yeah, of crime. because he thinks crime is freaking funny. Yeah, and, like, that's twisted. That's so twisted. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, crimes uh, are serious as shit. So, as such, jokerfication became a meme, and the idea of something turned, like, flipping the switch and turning you into, into the, the Joker. Joker. Uh, yes. So, like, mostly this was... You know, just like the the daily grinding, terrible news cycle that we live in, where disaster after after disaster befalls us, and no one in power faces any repercussions. That that is Jokerfication. Yes, uh, at least as far as I understand it. I'm sure there's a, there's myriad different yeah. uh, branching paths of Jokerfication that we could argue all day. Uh, but for me, Jokerfication really isn't equipped for covid uh and the again tons of other stuff that we've been living through yeah it recently. feels like we've been pushed past the point of jokerfication we, yeah we're on a new horizon of so such. if if you're bored of the joker pill mm-hmm. let me offer you something stronger <laughs> uh do you want a hit of the good stuff oh, absolutely Ooh, i should have worn my yeah. shirt i'm ready yeah. to, i'm ready to nod off baby so jokerfication 2019 2021 we're taking the carnage pill. That's right, baby. Yeah. Uh, for, for those <laughs> not in the know, which is to say uh, the girl at the table who doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about. Hey, uh, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> carnage is a supervillain and an enemy of our dear Spider-Man. And an enemy and of the state. Not just that. He is a spinoff of Venom. Yes. Who is the evil spider. So he's an evil Spider-Man beyond the evil Spider-Man. Yes. Cool. Uh, so, like, <laughs> Carnage was debuted in 1992 during this hyper-violent, Very edgy. super edgy, uh, like, what is it, grim, 90s comics. Grim, it, dark. It's, grim, the, it's yeah. the Image Comics. Exactly. Period. It's Image Comics. It's Mortal Kombat. This is what, like, That's so awesome. everyone life thought has that 12-year-olds wanted to read. It's, it's literally during the grunge period. Yeah. Like, the gr- grunge really was, like, the first jokerfication where yeah. they assumed it would activate, like, millions of young people into destroying the world. Garbage yeah. pale kids well, were you could, they said the same thing about Elvis, right? Well, like, I, like people were Elvis, but pills. they just thought they were horny. Yeah, yeah. like Grunge for like, the oh. '90s, parents were like, they're going to kill themselves and each other. So. Yeah, and they're That's horny. So cool. <laughs> no, I don't know if they were horny in the '90s. Oh, Kurt, they just Kurt Cobain, angry. pretty fucking horny dude. Actually, that's where we're at now. So, like, we took that like the suicidish side in the 90s but we also took the horniness of the 50s and now we're just horny and suicidal yeah yeah and carnage very much reflected the time with yeah. yeah what we're hitting on here exactly and like you know time is a flat circle 
and the time for Carnage has erupted again. So Carnage, he is also known as Cletus, Cletus Cassidy. Cassidy. I'm going to say that again for anyone who cannot believe that this was a real thing that happened. Yeah. Cletus Cassidy. Great name. Great name. Uh, so he was a serial killer who shared a cell with Eddie Brock, a.k.a. the Venom, and bonded with an offspring of the symbiote uh, that goop. came from uh, the, 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 the black goop that makes Venom I the bad aware. Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, okay. That, that part I know. You okay. know about there the symbiote? There was a lot of horny memes about it on Tumblr. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3 was sick. Yeah, dude. Awesome. So anyway, this symbiote uh, becomes red and uh, turns him into Carnage, which is like Venom, but stronger. Extreme. It, so Venom is bad Spider-Man, but stronger. Yeah. And, and then, then Carnage is, is Venom, but stronger. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Ba- gotcha, even gotcha. badder Venom. Though. Even bad, yeah. <laughs> bad event. This man yeah. was colored bad. So uh, I'm gonna <laughs> 1990s baby. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna read you just a, a brief paragraph oh, from excited. the pages long Wikipedia on yeah. Cletus Cassidy. <laughs> that doesn't surprise. This me. is just the first paragraph uh, of Cassidy's story. Quote. Cassidy is a sociopath and homicidal sadist. He is deeply disturbed uh, with a dark past. He was born in a psychiatric prison (laughs) at Ravencroft. That's awesome. Where his heart stopped for a few minutes until he was revived by Null to become one of the free (laughs) Null from Clintar. Null. (laughs) From Null. Oh my God. As a child, he killed his grandmother by pushing her down a flight of stairs. Uh, tried to murder his mother by dropping a hairdryer into her bathtub. Oh, I think it's an anvil on her head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did the Simpsons meme with the chair. Uh, and tortured and killed his mother's dog with a drill. Oh so, not a great guy. Oh yeah, God. that last part's really horrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after the latter, his mother tried to kill Cassidy, <laughs> but was apparently beaten to the brink of death by Cassidy's father. Wow. This is children's Jesus entertainment Christ. in the 90s. Oh, man, that's because, yeah. like yeah. I said, Grimdark was the shit. And this yeah. was this was mainstream. That's the best yeah. part. Oh, yeah. No, this Spider-Man was extremely was like popular. Yeah. 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 It was X-Men and Spider-Man. This was not, this was not fringe so, shit. When it came I, to such a niche... Uh, culture oh, yeah. that comic books were in the 90s um, this was still very much popular in that blo- culture yeah. this is the blockbuster like yeah this yeah, is yeah. The yeah mainstream and they're like yeah movie. so he tried to like you know power drill a dog and then his mom tried to kill him and, it's just and it was like, like fucking awesome and it was fucking so cool, cool. and so then Sintar I'm, from, I'm not done oh my god uh, as an orphan Cassidy <laughs> <laughs> Cassidy right. Wait, was when saying, did his two parents die no they just gave him up his his mom was killed by his father, and then his father went to jail. Yeah. Uh, so he's sent to St. Estes's home for boys, where his antisocial behavior made him the target of abuse from both the other orphans and the staff. So he has a, a tragic past. Uh, <laughs> My ass beat by the nerds. Cassidy gained revenge by murdering the disciplinary administrator, pushing a girl who laughed at him for asking her out uh, in oh front boy. of a moving bus oh, oh and then burning down the orphanage. That's cool, though. The orphanage, <laughs> he saved those kids from getting molested. He's a hero. This it is was wild. during these brutal years that Cassidy acquired his philosophy that life was essentially meaningless and futile. Laws are only words, he says, and came to see the spreading of chaos through random, unpowdered bloodshed as the ultimate freedom. This is our friend Carnage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he's <laughs> and in the news because Venom 2. Venom 2. 
is starring yeah. Carnage. Is starring Carnage, uh, played by Woody Harrelson. Oh, it is Woody Harrelson. <laughs> what a treat. Uh, I don't know if you've seen another thing about Carnage that I, I can't believe I didn't impart to you before, is that he's a redhead. Yeah. He's an Irishman. Yeah, he looks yeah. like Carrot Top. Yeah, he really does. Cleans and it's it's <laughs> it's Woody Harrelson's dumb face with his ugly, hideous red oh, wig on. See this movie. It's gonna be great. Is he old in the comics? No, Not really. He's like thirties. I yeah. want to say. Yeah. Like, I, I, my first experience with Carnage was the Spider-Man animated series, and I was like, "What's this guy's deal? Who's isn't, this freak?" Isn't Woody Harrelson? Getting kind of yeah, old. he's like fifty something. Yeah, they just like him, I guess. So Dean, the Carnage, what at its most basic form, Carnage Pill. What's yes. it about? So Carnage Pill. I I feel like the key difference for me between Joker and Carnage is that Joker, at least like grasps towards symbolizing something. Yeah, uh, like he, a, as like the media portrait of the Joker, he is like the the patron saint of the disaffected white teenager. Yeah. Uh, of of the incest guy. Carnage. Incest guy. Oh, sorry. Shit, sorry. <laughs> Let me, incel. Uh, of the incel guy. Incest on the uh, I, I had to think about that <laughs> one. Sorry, like folks. Uh, <laughs> 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 like... There is argu- There are arguments to be made that the Joker represents these like chaotic elements in society. Carnage doesn't. Carnage is a copy of a copy. He's an edgy version of an edgy version of Spider-Man. Right. Uh, he like he's the perfect simulacrum. Uh, he in in our culture, which only puts out like remakes and reboots <laughs> and adaptations of comic books. Watch Cruella Deville on exactly. Disney Plus. He like he's the perfect distillation of that. Yeah, like he he's the original. Like we're just gonna do the same shit again, man, and you're gonna like it. And they and we did like it. He is just pure nihilism, as you said. He's not representing not getting laid. He's not representing lawlessness. It's just wanton suffering yeah it's it's disdain and spite yeah condensed into a wanton suffering <laughs> i'm <laughs> sorry i'm making you laugh that's <laughs> a, yo, when, it's I, wanton. when i go to the chinese restaurant and they don't serve me my food that's wanton suffering <laughs> it's wanton yeah suffering. It, it is wanton but he no, is I like wanton suffering <laughs> dean i'm on your side he is chaos without reason he's 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 violence and he, he's essentially where we are at, where nothing you do matters, so you may as well do the most spiteful and hateful. I was going to say, exactly. you know, you know, one main difference is is that like Jokerfication has a lot to do with spite from being slighted, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas this is just hatred stemming from nothing. Yeah. yeah, like it's hatred for the point of hating. It's an absence of anything, which is really cool, and that's why I'm on the side of Carnage. And like in in a lot of like uh, Joker centric media, there's this idea that he's fighting for some sort of like philosophy that yeah, he holds. There's nothing there. There's no Carnage. philosophy to Carnage, which is honest in a way, because that's the yeah. point we're at, where we are just forced to be a part of a death cult that is spiraling ever mm-hmm. quicker and the, the very idea of having an ideology is yeah. antithetical to how the world works yeah it doesn't matter like we do our little podcast you know we're little bimbos we talk <laughs> yeah. we pull our strings yeah. we say the same things but it's like we flirt at the end of the day matter. i'm carnage pilled yeah. i don't believe anything i'm saying yeah it's cool <laughs> wait, wait i'm wait, also wait. a redhead why the hell do i feel like if i told you guys this like even a few months ago 
you guys would have called bullshit on me. Uh, That's when Bernie was still in the race. uh, It's actually actually because my Facebook friend who I used to work with posted a Lego thing of uh, Carnage killing Wonder Woman, and he's like 53, and I showed it to Dean, and it sparked the ions in his neurons. And now he's just here. Like like, like the Oracle of Delphi, I saw. I I saw the world that we will be living in. Like some of you listening right now, mark my words, you might be thinking, oh, this is just like a funny bit they're doing. Like, oh, Dean's been reading too many comic books. No, I I swear to you, there will come a time this year where you will feel the need to take the carnage carnage pill, and I will be waiting here with an open tray of them. And is the carnage pill, you're going to murder someone or just... You, just you animals. No well, I'm not allowed to say anymore. that on the podcast. <laughs> just, just animals. True. I don't know if you have a closer, but I need to get one question. <laughs> so the symbiote yeah, slash red goo, whatever. This, so yeah, does like, black goo that turns into red goo. Red, red goo is the guy in LMFAO. <laughs> 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 also a redhead. Yeah. And um, an uncle. So it doesn't make you evil, right? It just makes you powerful? It, or what does it, it do? It gives you a lot of power, but it feeds off of negative emotion. Yeah. It yeah. made Spider-Man so into this, a worse this guy. This guy sounds like he was already bad. That's, That's why, why the suit so makes powerful. him so powerful, because he was already so evil. And there's no negative but consequences But in Venom, for him. isn't the guy a nice guy? No. Uh, he's conflicted. Well, he wants to kill Elon Musk, so that they, makes him a yeah. yeah, he's like a sad a boy. Hardy. He's a journalist, he's a so he is evil yeah, inherently. And, but then he tries to kill a technocrat, which is good. Yeah. It's a complex character. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I don't think you would understand it. Okay. It's sort of like, we're yeah. Gonna, we're going to watch Venom and Venom 2 together, and I'm going to answer all your questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, so yeah, take take the Carnage pill. Uh, I encourage you to do it. I, I think it will prove useful in the coming months. Yeah, take the Carnage pill. Yeah. And don't just laugh at the at your enemies dying. Laugh about your friends yeah, dying. Yeah. Laugh, yeah. Just, just laugh, laugh about death. You don't, yeah. to, you don't have to laugh. Just acknowledge it and move on. Yeah, no, there, yeah. There, there's, there's, yeah. Uh, laughing is a Joker trait. Yeah, there's an absence yeah. of oh, reaction. Oh, yeah. now I'm the Joker kid. Yeah, yeah. You're you're still living in 2019. <laughs> we're, we're not laughing. So and late. We are we are solemnly relishing the pain and suffering of others. The wonton suffering. Uh, and <laughs> and <laughs> relish on your wontons. Everyone's suffering. And that's what we want to drive home. Do you understand, folks, why I'm so on into the carnage pill <laughs> when I deal with this every single we're, day? We're pushing him further uh, and further. And, folks, if anyone asks you, like, oh, my God, car- your carnage pill, isn't that sort of bad? Just say, like, oh, j- it's just, like, I'm anti-Irish. Yeah. Uh, and, like, that's fine. <laughs> this podcast sponsored by Venom 2, Carnage 3. <laughs> In theaters this summer. You can go with your friends and all die together from COVID. Yeah. Not, not acknowledge the emotional suffering. That's just being carnage pilled. It happens. You move on you try and drill a dog you move yep. on yep. <laughs> you get beat up by your mom you, you move, move on. on your girlfriend makes fun of how you pronounce words <laughs> you move on that's the I'm carnage sorry. pill baby and that's our show for this week we covered a lot of topics thank you for listening uh this is also by the time it gets posted one year of the podcast wow, wow. wow. what a bit to end it off on mm-hmm. that's weird yeah that's great. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, cool. Well, that's, we'll see. see. That's the carnage pill. We've taught him. <laughs> I'm already here, man. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening. Rest in piss, Rush Limbaugh. All right. And Margaret Thatcher. Fuck you. <laughs>